Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Dion for another episode of Wuxia Weekend. And tonight we're going to be talking about Full Moon Scimitar. This is a 1979 Choi Yuen film. It stars Derek Yi, and it's based on a Gu Long story, which, as far as I know, is not translated into English. But there are other stories with some characters that are in that story that are translated, so... Uh, so we have some level of knowledge about some of the background, but not enough about the actual story that is this movie is meant to cover. And it's it's an interesting film. Dion, how would you describe uh, Full Moon Cemetery? No, I, I think you. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if you like it a lot or not. I just know that you've seen it a number of times. But do you have do you have strong opinions on it or? Yeah, I really I really enjoy this movie. Um... This movie is, it's not a whodunit, but it's so full of plot twist and intrigue and a lot of backstabbing just to be number one. It's like, man, these people had way too much time on their hands. Yeah, yeah. And it's also almost a little bit of like a King David type story, too. Where yes. There's a, there's a character who, he starts out really moral and righteous and he gets corrupted by the world as his ambition and his arrogance start to take over and he does some things that he shouldn't and and eventually he kind of has a I, I, he's he doesn't get into bad enough territory to need redemption really but he he comes back to the fold it seems uh, by by the end of the movie um so there's there's uh it, it just has a uh I don't know. It, there's a lot going on in this movie, even though it's an hour and 30 minutes, because like you said, the, there's a bit of a mystery element. There's all these plot twists and everything. Yeah, I mean, there's so much going on. You have to play close attention. I've seen this movie six times. Okay. And my first time I was quite confused, especially since the female characters all look very similar and at one point it kind of gets confused. It got confusing to me. But the second and the third time, I think I finally understood it. Yeah, because there's, there's like a scene in the middle of the movie where there's another character that's dressed like her. And so, so number one, there's going to be spoilers from this point on because you can't talk about this movie without spoiling things. But there's a character that is also masquerading as a fox spirit, which we find out later on in the movie. Is, is not really the case, that that's just kind of a, a veneer that, that is, you know, put over this organization that's living in this sort of hidden area. Because if anybody's ever seen Death Duel or Swordmaster, they're part of this evil... I, I think it's called, like, Devil Church in some translations and Black Cult in some other translations. But they're part of, like, a nefarious organization that uh, in this story is, is less nefarious and and just kind of trying to, uh, you know, seclude itself from the martial world. And other people that are maybe presenting themselves more righteously, like, you know, a member of Wudang sect and a member of, um, I don't remember what sect he's from, but the Invincible Eagle character, they're actually the real villains, you learn, by the end of the film. And it's essentially kind of like a, I don't know, like a martial love story uh, where one of the characters goes astray and eventually comes back is how I would describe it. Um, so what did you think Dion about the whole setup initially of, 
you know, this guy, because you get a lot of movies and books like this where you have a character who is having duels with lots of people and is constantly winning. But I guess the little twist here is that he's deceived by by one of the bad guys and he's defeated and humiliated and his whole reputation is ruined. And then he, 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 he finds a new path when he meets this woman who's pretending to be a fox spirit. I, I like Derek Yee's character and I like his arc. I mean, you don't want to see someone that is just flawless the whole entire movie and completely righteous because we know that that rarely, rarely, rarely ever happens. This portrayal is very human in that Derek Yee's character rises, falls, rises again, falls, and then rises again. And that's the just the cycle of human life for us. So his character is very realistic. Um, and seeing him so arrogant, the movies that I'd seen him in before I'd, I had watched this the first time, he was never really arrogant. So seeing him as an arrogant swordsman was a bit off-putting the first time, but you kind of get used to it and you understand it. And he's warned that that will happen and he doesn't think it's going to like all arrogant people do. But I like the way the story presents itself and is set up with him not being the totally righteous character that a hero, that people think a hero is 100% pure and righteous the whole time. It, I thought it gave him a lot more layers as a character. He he went through a lot in an hour and a half. Like there's definitely, yes, he did. It, it probably could have used more time, but I feel like if you watch these kind of movies, you're accustomed to number one, knowing that there's more depth because it comes from a book or something. Right. And that you're sort of just supposed to keep up with it. Do you know what I mean? So, so it, especially in Choi Yuen films where he, he really tries to cram the whole story into right. narrow space. Um, but you get used to that rhythm after a while. And I actually kind of find it a little enjoyable because it's like efficient storytelling. Do you know what I mean? It's like you get, yes. you get epic levels of, you know, that's why I invoked King David. Cause there's an epic sort of almost mythic quality to his arc, but it's all done in such a short span that I don't know. It's a real exciting evening of viewing, I think. Yeah. It's a really great hour and a half. You don't, ever get bored with it there's nothing that's long and drawn out sometimes they have the slow paced scenes but this is all not going at a too fast of a clip it's a perfect clip for what needs to be told but you are expected to have some kind of uh, relationship with the source material in order to be able to keep up with the fast pace in any Chore UN movie because he does try to compact so much material in such a short time. And the more his of his movies that I watch, the more I become accustomed to his pace. Yeah. And I've gone back and read some of the source material so that when I go and read or watch the movie again, then I have a better understanding and it's easier to focus and keep track of yeah. everybody and what's going on. But you have to have some kind of knowledge of what's going on. 
in order yeah. to keep pace and not get lost. Yeah, and I think it's also um, it's one of those things where not all this stuff is available in English, so sometimes you really have to go scrounging for the information right. as well as thing to say. Um, but it's definitely worth doing, and and some of it is available in English. Like like I said, Death Duel, you can find that novel translated on various websites from fan translations, and as long as you're willing to read the stuff on a fan site, you'll get the information that you need, and you'll still get the story. And even with a book like this, you can kind of put the pieces together by g going to synopses here or uh, finding like a wiki page in Chinese, and then putting it on a translate page or so you can get you can get the information but it, it takes a little bit more effort so um what did you think of the the backstory with the third young master who was it's interesting Derek he actually played that character in death, in duel. death duel and so in this one it's Yu Hua playing the character which actually felt very appropriate because he's 20 years older here and right. he's 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 a cheat, he's a much different character at this point. When when we knew him in Death Duel, he was still in a little bit of a Playboy phase, even though that was coming to an end, right? Yeah. And 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 now he's achieved this, you know, more magnanimous state where he is is the most wise character in in the whole setting. But you have this backstory with him and the aunt and the Crescent Moon Blade and a poem on the Crescent Moon Blade, and I think. I don't know. It's kind of it's it's classic Choi Yuen style and classic Gulong, but I was curious how you how you felt about those details. I love Death Duel. Death Duel is one of my favorite movies, and Swordmaster. You know how I feel about Swordmaster. Mm. That Derek Yee remakes this movie, but he's not in it. But it's an awesome movie. So if you ever need to, uh, just check it out. Sword the Swordmaster. But I love having the details from the death duel come over into um, full moon's uh, scimitar. It's just, I mean, they're separate stories, but they're connected stories because they're 20 years later. And yeah. it, you just, it wouldn't seem right to not include some kind of, symbolism or a character or two from the past to connect the two stories. You yeah. wouldn't necessarily get that the two stories are connected unless that you have those little symbols. I thought that they were a wonderful touch. I love the, um, the blades are my favorite part of the movie. I love the poems that were inscribed and it's just, it's a heartwarming love story that turns tragic, sort of, but not totally tragic in that the lovers die, but just that their relationship had to completely crash and burn. But it, it rises it, like a phoenix and yeah. comes back. Well, we should talk about that relationship momentarily. Uh, one thing I did want to address is, do you think people should see Death Duel before they watch this movie? Is that crucial, do you think? Or do you think the other way around would be more interesting for folks i think you should watch death duel first i just think it makes it more interesting to see it that way i guess because it's the way that i saw it okay okay so um yeah i would watch death yeah. duel first and then watch this one just so that it's more linear 
Yeah, I, I think it I think it adds to it if you watch Death Duel first because my first reaction when I think it was the scene when they mention they mentioned Sword Manor or whatever the name of the manor the third young master mm-hmm. is from. And you see that and you're like, oh, I wonder if it's the same organization. And then when he gets there and it's like almost exactly the same setup as from mm-hmm. Death Duel, you know, it's like, ooh, this is intriguing. But you don't know what you don't know the time frame yet. So you don't know if this is this after, is this during, is this before? And right. and so, when you f- oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say you don't know until um, you see the third master. When they mentioned the, that he was going to go to the island to confront the third master, I was like, no, <laughs> is it really yeah. my third master? Yeah. Who's going to play my third master if Derek Yi is is not the third master? So who do they get? And is it before he becomes famous or after he becomes famous or what's happening here? So, you know, it just keeps your keeps you on the edge of your seat because you got to know. Yeah, you really want to know who it is. And I mean, you're right. He is the perfect choice to pay, play a 20 year older young master. And it's it's not a cameo like I think in um, was it Magic Blade? I remember there's a movie. No, there's a, no. I think it's Swordsman and the Enchantress. I can't remember, but one of those movies. Movies. There's a. Um, there's a. Uh, oh, I'm getting an echo for some reason. I don't know. Uh, my earphone came out. Oh, okay. Oh, that explains it. Um, so, uh, there was a cameo, I think, from like one of T. Lung's characters and somebody else's characters from another Cho Yuan movie. But it was all in one scene, and it was kind of not crucial to the plot. But here, it's actually part of the plot. It matters, right. and so. It just has a lot of weight. It has a lot of emotional resonance, and you really buy the whole third young master character because you know who he is. I think you would buy him anyways. Like if you if you watch this and you you haven't seen Death Duel or you haven't read Third Young Ma- Sword of the Third Young Master or you haven't seen Thor Swordmaster, you'll still get that this guy is impressive. Like that won't be lost on you because Yu Hua at this point in his career is he's got a lot of charisma when he plays roles like this, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it really does add more to it if you know who the guy is. It's sort of like if you were watching a later Star Wars movie and Vader showed up or something and you didn't, you know, you didn't know who he was from a previous film. Do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, or, you know what, if you if he showed up in a different franchise and you didn't know who he was, something like that. Right. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so uh, I, I do want to talk about the love story because that is kind of the key. And the the Ching Ching character is pretty interesting because she's she's kind of depicted as like a dutiful wife type in this like she doesn't she leaves him right but she right. raises a child and she takes him back when he returns but most of the things that she does are sort of to help him achieve the things he wants do you know what I mean so right. um so I would just but at the same time as you're watching it and as you're watching him sort of lose his way you're sort of like, are you crazy? Like this, you know, this woman is treating you so well. And so I just was curious what your reaction to the evolution of the love story is over time. The wife. I loved her character because I thought that she was a strong female character. Mm -hmm. She wielded the weapon very well. And I love her moves. But as a person, I thought that she did the right thing. You stand by your man 
and help him achieve. But then when he wanders from the path that he's on and becomes arrogant, then you do have to separate yourself. And I think that she was not the dutiful wife in that, because some dutiful, most dutiful wives would have stayed. Because okay. he even takes a, he even takes a second wife, but promotes her to first wife. And that was just completely wrong. So she did what she had to do and left and raised the child where she knew her moral compass was. And he had lost his. And I think that she was a strong, uh, vibrant woman for not staying where people would have expected her to stay. He expected her to stay there um, because he loved her. And she loved him, but sometimes that love isn't enough. You have to be walking side by side on the same path. And he obviously took a complete right turn when she was still going straight. So I really loved her character. She worked hard and they to help him achieve what he wanted. But once the arrogance took over to the point that he saw fit to take that second wife, then she was like, I'm out of here. I've got to yeah. go. Well, and and, that's what she should have done. And his reasons for doing that were really bad, too. It wasn't like he fell in love with this other woman, or which is also bad, but it would have been more understandable or something. Do you know what I mean? Right. But here, it was just, no, this is just a means for me achieving greater power and influence. And you don't want me to look yeah. bad in front of the martial yeah. world, do you? And what's interesting about that is that's sort of what leads him into this path where he ends up in an almost Red Wedding type situation, right? Where where there's just this revenge plan. You know he's not supposed to be trusting the guy from Wudong that he... I forget the character's name, but he... He defeats um, he defeats the uh, uh, the 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 head that you know what I'm not even sure if it is actually Wu Dang or if that's just what the sub said in this movie. But in the movie, he's described as the leader of Wu Dang for whatever reason, and 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 he uh, he's defeated and humiliated, and then he becomes the the uh, the, the student. The, he was the student of Ding Peng, and. The whole time he's just planning his revenge, and you know he's planning his revenge. And And the thing is, it took so much time to plan this revenge. It's not like it happened overnight, you know? It took, it would appear it took a year to plot this whole thing out and to execute it, you know? And before that, when the first deception was the woman that, slept with him or drugged him so he thought that he slept with him and stole his manual. And then the next one, when they did the whole fox spirit trick, that had to take some planning too because he was gone in the world in between for such a long time. Yeah, I think it was at least a year that he was gone, at least. Right, so he was there a year and then he comes back and this whole big trick, it's just... The amount of time that probably passed in the whole entire movie in an hour and a half is like, I mean, would you say like four years? I feel, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to go and actually pay attention to the time elapses, but it definitely feels like that's a reasonable amount of time that could have been covered by this. So it, it's just a lot of planning to go through these tricks to bring down the downfall of your rival 
and then not to expect it to happen to you is just like what Could yeah you be that clueless well and there's so many there's so many deceptions throughout the whole movie it's just like just like everybody kind of has a trick under their sleeve and even even like the way he meets his wife you suspect that that's part of the plan like he was he he staged that ambush perhaps to do you know what i mean like because it was the same guys that attacked him at his uh when he first when he first you know opened up his manor house you know what i mean right. the guys with the coffins and so you're like well this guy would have known who they were so so maybe he planned with them in order to encourage uh you know some kind of romantic relationship between him and the woman right so you know not not 100 percent sure it could just have been that those right. guys were being sneaky but that was a thought in my head um and 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 even if it wasn't that ambush itself was saturated with deception so you know and and you have you have the one in the opening where the woman steals the manual by sleeping with him and then you have the woman who where they do the same trick like you were saying mm-hmm. um which i thought was brilliant that was a real like if the movie had ended there it would have been fun do you know what I mean that right. would have been fine that would have been plenty because that was a real sort of good revenge scheme and and it worked uh but then there's this whole other portion of the movie after that because of his rise to power and i don't know i it's just it's just an interesting film it has it has a lot going on in it it has it has the love story it has stuff like like the red wedding element like i was saying it has the you know watching this character rise to power in the martial world and then it also has all this stuff going on with the the uh the, the third young master i guess the third old master now who <laughs> is you know who kind of swoops in at the end and you have this 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 battle where you know things about the martial world are revealed and and settled and i don't know i i just i just uh and again it's 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 a little over an hour and a half it is an hour like an hour and 34 minutes so it it has four extra minutes that we're maybe not accounting for but but still, that's that's a really short time frame for all the stuff that goes on, and and the more of these movies I watch, the more impressed I am when you get all of that inside of a short span of time. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it doesn't feel rushed because sometimes the movies feel absolutely rushed, where you yeah. wanted to see a little bit more of this, or you wonder how did that happen and why yeah. did it happen. And how did that get set up? But there's none of that in this movie. I mean, it was so well done that it's wrapped up in a neat little bow at the end. I mean, the clan, the once evil clan that became the hermit clan is really the good clan ends up being back into their hermit life at the end because they've destroyed the evil people that were after them. So it's like it all gets wrapped up in a neat little bow at the end. Our couple is together with their baby. And I mean, usually there's some kind of something left hanging. But here it's not. And I don't feel like I have any questions. Well, we might have that one question that we're not sure of. But I don't really think that I have any questions left that are not answered at the end of the movie. And. No, and what did you think of the the Song Zhang character, Norman Chu's character, the the assassin who was dressed in red? He had this really uh-huh. 
I was like red and a light blue, and it looked really nice. I liked his outfit. You know, it was a very good selection for an assassin. Um, what What did you think of that thread? Because that's that's another element that we just totally, you know, didn't even address. You know, I like Norman's true character. He just he was an assassin. He picked the wrong person to be the assassin for. It ended up killing him. But um, no, I yeah, that whole section was woo. Well, that so really going on. It really highlighted Ching Ching's power. Was what I thought was good about yes. that section because he he goes to assassinate them and he gets there and he and they build him up as this like pretty effective and lethal assassin and he gets there and the wife is like let me take care of him and she she defeats him so badly he goes crazy and I, I there there are details that are glossed over by the movie we're not sure how you know how they lead to from point A to point B. But the end result is he shows up at the the rival's uh, manor in a coffin, bouncing around, yes. and he's just totally crazy at that point. He's nuts. Yeah. And but then that then a whole revenge scheme from Ching Ching unfolds, where she becomes this looming figure. She's almost kind of like the Lee Mochu character at the start of um, Return of Condor Heroes, where there's that doomed family. Right, and right, right. It's similar to that sort of thing. And so it, it was just interesting that, wow, he's married to this woman like that. This, you know, it, it sets up the audience to be partial to her during his rise to power. Do you know what I mean? So that yes. you can sort of see, well, this is because in a lot of these movies, you respect people, number one, by how virtuous they are, but also by how powerful and lethal they are with their martial arts. That's an, it's an important thing that attracts you to the characters and by setting her up that way with that whole section i felt it was just much more effective when you get into well he's definitely going into the wrong territory here uh you know he should be listening to her um, right so so it just kind of gave it it gave like that tension a little more oomph i thought um i don't what was there anything that i i didn't address that you you wanted to cover before we get into other things well, I thought the, well, continuing with that scene and, you know, further down, it's kind of the same scene, but uh, her nemesis, the other fox spirit, is coaching um, the rival in his big match. And it's funny because she's not really giving him any good pointers and yeah. she's supposed to help him defeat uh, Derek Yee's character. And, but Derek Yee is like wiping the floor with him, counting his moves yeah. and saying, by this one, you should have this. And by the eighth one, you're not going to have a sword. By the tenth one, you'll be dead, whatever. And she's just telling him little things, but not really giving him any kind of real pointers. And then she turns on him and says that she was just a prostitute hired yeah. by him. <laughs> I mean, that thing, that was so funny in the whole scene. So it I mean, that was the only really funny part, but it was nice to have that funny part in the scene, but it really humiliated uh, Derek Yee's rival. Yeah, and, and that's where you realize that he employed the same trick that uh, was done to him. 
And but at a deeper level. And it's not funny the way like a '90s wuxia movie is, or the way some right. like Lao Kar Lung movies maybe are, where there's like a real sort of slapstick or something. This was funny yeah, contextually. Like when you describe the situation, it's humorous. And when you're watching it, you realize there's a humorous thing about everything that's going on, but it's all played very seriously. And right. so, you know, which is very, I think, very Cho Yuen. I, I, I can't think of a Cho Yuen movie that dabbles strongly in comedy. It's always, it's always got a real dark streak to it. It seems when, when, whenever you, you know, whenever, whenever, you, whenever I laugh during a Cho Yuen movie, something horrible is usually happening to somebody. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? It's, it's, it's sort of, sort of like. I, this is a bad comparison because the tones are totally different. But the way that the scenes in Pulp Fiction make you laugh are usually scenes where something awful is happening to somebody. You know, you know like like somebody's being shot in a chair or their leg just mm-hmm. got, you know, or somebody gets shot in the face. That kind of thing. You know, with Cho Yuen movies, you know, somebody's leg is getting cut off or somebody's being humiliated in a martial contest and, you know, being forced to, to say that they're a bastard and all these things. And so... You know, but 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 it was funny because, you know, it was funny and it also was uh, satisfying because that character had really pulled a maneuver over the Ding Pung character at the start of the film, right. mm-hmm. where he he sends his own wife to sleep with him to steal the manual, and then he uses the techniques against him. Not just to defeat him, but then to say, actually, I'm the writer of this manual and I have the proof because I have the manual and you don't. Right. And that means your father stole this manual and your whole reputation and your family reputation is completely sullied by this. And, you know, which was a great start to the movie, I thought. I thought it was... It was it, excellent start. Yeah, yeah it really kind of gets the ball rolling. Um, yeah, I don't know. This this movie has a lot. I, I I just my biggest worry when we went in to talk about it was would I miss anything? So right, you know, and I think it's good that if we miss some things because then it's they're little surprises for the audience. Yeah, to see, don't tell them everything. Well, I'm always assuming people have seen the movie and they're just here for the additional conversation. Right. But if you haven't and you listen to this program, definitely watch these movies. You know when we recommend them because i think we our conversations don't always do justice to them too you know what i mean yeah, and, they and, don't. yeah um and and again this is a i guess just in terms of the performances you know in this one Derek yi and yu hua really stand out um the norman shu character is fairly incidental uh teresa ha ping's in it but she doesn't really have a a notable role she plays the wife of the leader of the of the the hermit clan but um, but she doesn't really do much. And there are other right. actors in this who are also good. Um, you know, Lisa Wong does a great job as Ching Ching, I thought. Um, yeah, definitely. And and Johnny Wang is menacing as the Invincible Eagle. You know the. Which is funny because he is an eagle, an avenging eagle. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the scar. The scar yeah, going the over his eye was great. It's a real, really good scar. Um. So, so yeah, so, I don't know, do we want to get into our ratings and recommendation section of the conversation, or do we need to cover anything else? I don't think there's anything else left to cover. I think we said it all. Okay, all right. Um, so, I forget who went first last time. Was it me or I you? did. All right, so I should go first then. So, so we've shifted to a five-star rating system because we realized some movies... 
fall dead between two and three on a four star. It just wasn't working. There were, there were some movies where it was breaking our heart to either underrate it or overrate it. So five is what we're going to be going with in the future. I think that's, well, I, I could have done an easy job with a four star system with this one too. So I'm going to give this one uh, four out of five. And I give it four out of five because it, it's really a good movie and it has so much going on. It, it's, it's, it, it, it has all of the emotional weight. It has a great introductory theme song. It's got an interesting romantic storyline. It has all these betrayals in it. And it's really compelling watching the Derek E character lose his way. I think that's one of the most interesting parts of the movie. It, 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 I, I don't give it a five only because there are other movies that are better. Like Death Duel is, I think, a better movie. You know, there are movies that, that rise like one notch above this film in my mind. Uh, or have a little more emotional weight to them. You know, movies like The Bride with White Hair or whatever. But this is easily a four. And it's one of those kinds of films, I think the more you watch it, the more you appreciate it too. You get you you, you find other details that you missed or you, you, know, you start stitching things together in different ways. So it, it's worth repeat viewings. So a very strong four, not a soft four at all. Um, and I definitely think people should go check it out because it's on Prime. Derek Yee is in it, who is, you know, he does. He, I don't think he gets enough praise in a lot of he reviews doesn't. I see because I do see a lot of reviews that are kind of soft on him or kind of cold on him. And and I find him a, a very good leading man. I also find him to be a very good villain. And I thought that worked particularly well here because he kind of does double duty as a good guy who starts slipping into bad guy territory and he can easily he can easily be either do you know what i mean he's good at mm-hmm. being both of those things so so what's your what's your rating and recommendation my recommendation is you definitely have to see it i do recommend that you see death duel first and then uh full moon scimitar um I give it a strong four, too. I would have given it a five, but there's one thing missing. I didn't cry. And you okay. know I have to cry. Yep, yep. For a movie to get a, the perfect score. And so um, I didn't cry in this one, but I love it. As you can tell, I've watched it six times. I love Derek Yee. Like uh, Brendan said, he does not get enough credit in the movies that he's in. He's an awesome director too. But I see a lot of, I don't want to say Derek Yee hate, but they just, I don't know. He rubs some people the wrong way for some reason. I think it's because he's good looking. Like he's exceptionally good looking. And I think that bothers people sometimes when an actor, it seems like they shouldn't be a good actor too. Do you know what I mean? Or that they, do you know what I'm saying? And maybe, and and again, we're judging through translation, so maybe somebody who's viewing it in Mandarin or Cantonese would have a a, a different right. take on the acting itself. But just in terms of physical presence and my reading of it, I've I've always found Derek E to be. I feel he has a good presence in these kind of movies, and I feel like when he's a villain, I feel like he's menacing, and when he's a hero, I root for him. So, you know, so that exactly. Is, that's how I feel about him too. Yeah, he is good looking. He's very graceful, and I know I say that a lot. He's very tall, so someone that's that tall shouldn't be 
that graceful, at least most people would think. But when he wields a weapon, especially swords, he's just perfect. And for me, he doesn't get enough credit for what he brings to the movies. Yeah. But I loved all the other um actors in the movie as well i think they did an excellent job at, on their parts um i just think this movie is it's almost a five except for it didn't make yeah. me cry there's just so many good things about it i was happy after i watched it the first time but in fact i watched it the second time the very next day that's how much yeah. i liked it there was no really time in between because i went the first time I watched it was like at eight o'clock at night. Then the I was on summer break. So the next time I watched it was the very next day when I got up because mm-hmm. I had some thing, had questions and I wanted the questions to be answered and I just enjoyed it the second time. So yeah, I really, really enjoy this film. It's a really good film. Yeah. yeah Not it, as good as Death Bowl, but. Don't watch this movie tired for sure. One thing I've noticed with Choi Yuen movies, I watched this movie tired the first time I saw it, and I didn't. It didn't land on me how good it was until I saw it the second time. And right. you know, so I think I think it's definitely the kind of movie that you want to watch when you're fully alert. Uh, and 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 I think that's true of most Choi Yuen movies because even films like Heroes Shed No Tears or Killer Clans, I think there's so many characters and stuff. If if you get really really lost. You, and you're sleepy you're gonna rank the movie lower than it really warrants and and the biggest criticism i normally see of a cho yuen movie is there are too many characters doing too many things and i can't keep track of it to which i say don't worry about that just kind of keep up with the movie like you don't have to follow everything the first time i think this one's easier than most of his films yes. to do i don't think you're gonna like this is at least a movie where all of the characters line up pretty seamlessly they don't there's not like a lot of question marks that you kind of have, you, you know, like, like you said, you watched it again, but like, I, you don't, to understand the basic storyline, I don't think it requires five viewings or anything crazy like no. that. Um, so, so yeah, so, you know, definitely check it out. It's on Prime. We, we've been trying to pick movies that are on Prime or Netflix so people can watch them. So, you know when we when we uh you know when we recommend a movie hopefully it's one that you'll have access to and this is one that if you have prime you can watch um i don't know about its availability on dvd right now a lot of these movies are getting harder to obtain on dvd and if you do obtain them it's you know one of my big annoyances is they're often bootlegs when you which mm-hmm. is fine if you want a bootleg but the issue is when you don't want a bootleg and you go and you buy a movie and thinking, you're expecting the real deal. Yeah, it's very annoying. And and the reason is Amazon does a terrible job of policing that. Like it's it's all like it, there there are oh, I apologize. My 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 medication alarm went off. Um the the reason for that is that Amazon uh they have sellers on there that sell the real movies. But for whatever reason, the people that sell the bootlegs have been allowed to undercut them, I think, by selling them at a slightly lower rate. And then mm-hmm. they've dominated the market. And then if, before you know it, the real the real DVDs aren't even on there anymore. And 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 they and the bootleggers always use the the covers for the real movie. Mm-hmm. They often obscure what the production company is. And I know we're supposed to be talking about the full moon scimitar movie, but I think it's important because 
the reason we do this program is to help spread word about really great wuxia movies that we think don't get enough attention and it's great that they're on prime like i give amazon points for that but i deduct a lot of points for the fact that they they really make it hard to get the real film sometimes because they they just don't crack down on the bootlegging enough um and I don't want I don't need them to remove the bootleggers if that's a problem. I just want them to easily make them identifiable so that people who want the real DVD can get it. Um, right. But yeah, so again, it's Full Moon Scimitar. It's 1979, so it's got you know the, all the things that go with a 1979 Cho Yuen film. A lot of sets, which I love. I think Dion loves too. But uh-huh, some viewers, yeah, lo- some viewers might you know have to adjust to that. The pacing is a certain way, all those kinds of things. But it's, it's, it's definitely worth worth checking out. And we'll be back on next week with another episode. I'm also going to be putting up the uh, the this part two to the uh, uh, Chinese Odyssey movie that we did. We, have, we had a second discussion for the second movie, and I just haven't posted it yet. So I'll be posting that up too. And until then, we will talk to you later. 